0: Hello again, friends. Thank you for joining me on Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. I'm your host, Greg, and we are here today to share wisdom and lessons learned from nature and from moving through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I am thrilled you're here with me today. I hope you get something out of this. Let's get started with another wonderful episode. Thank you for joining me again, friends. I am always excited to be here hopefully sharing some wisdom from the wilderness for you today on the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. And I'm Greg. Today's going to be a little bit different. It's kind of a tips and tricks episode. And the idea came to me while I was brainstorming stuff on my run this morning about ways that I could share some of the knowledge I've gained that might be more applicable to a lot of people. And I came to the idea that, you know, most people probably take a road trip or they're driving somewhere. Most people have probably, hopefully, who are listening have gone camping or had some type of adventure that required being on the road for a while. And I thought, hey, you know, I've spent a good chunk of my life driving. I have moved several times uh, involving long distance drives to actually get there. So load a bunch of crap in the car and move for the summer or for longer, uh, including all the way a 33 driving hour trip uh, to take a job in the Yukon. One summer, which was amazing. That should be a podcast episode on its own. Maybe we'll do that one day. But anyways, I've learned a lot, some of it the hard way, and I thought, why don't I share some of the things because they could be very useful for people? And I'm not sure if you can hear it, but the nightly murder of crow migration is going on all around me. So if you hear some calling in the background, uh, that's just. That's just the crows. They're doing their thing. Nature is maturing on along just because that's what nature does. All right, without any further ado, in no particular order other than the order I wrote them down on my laptop, here are some random long driving tips that I have experienced myself that I use myself, and some of them were suggested to me, and I tried, and they were great. All right, number one, stop to stretch that is a really important thing. I have had a commercial driving permit for a while here. And I've done everything from doing shuttle loops to, you know, hopping on and doing two or three hour drives up to Whistler, plus all my own personal driving. And I've found it's really important to get up out of the sitting position, take a little walk around, stretch out the quads, stretch out the hip flexors, stretch out the glutes, just to get stuff flowing around, you know, There's a lot of research that's coming out now on how actually terrible sitting is for people. And just to get up and move around a little bit, you'll find you feel better. So that's the first one. Uh, The second one was told me by my friend Tamar when we were working together out of the Rockies. And what she told me was that every four hours when she's doing a long drive, she will stop for a while and close her eyes for a few minutes, sometimes up to 15 and I thought that's a great idea because one of the often overlooked or maybe not really considered well ideas or things that happens when we're driving is we're using our eyes all the time. We're making micro adjustments, micro decisions, regardless of what we actually think. Like we're always paying attention, should always be paying attention to the road and our eyes are always open. So just that little bit of a break, you know, whether you pop into a rest area, you're going to get gas and you park somewhere just close your eyes. That takes off some of the stress. It gives you a bit of a reset because you're not looking for information. You're not consuming information. You're not having your eyes darting around wondering, is there a moose going to run across the road? What is that car? What is that car? What? Hey, what? No, no, no. You're you're not doing that. You're not trying to (laughs) figure out. uh, Respond to road conditions. Just close your eyes and you can decompress a little bit that way. I've found it can also help to either recline in the driver's seat or if I can just hop into the back and fully lay down flat with my eyes closed a little bit. That just gives them a break and I feel that much better. Third one is uh, gas stations. I love gas stations more so when I'm driving in America than in Canada for a couple of reasons I'll go into, but gas stations can be a lifesaver for you because duh, everybody needs gas, right? Right they're also a great source if you drink water. Because my experience has been most gas stations in America, they have a soda fountain. And they're very happy if you take water from there, fill up your refillable water bottles. No big deal. Now what's been very interesting to me is that it actually has become kind of a pain in the butt to try and find water anywhere at a gas station in Canada the soda fountains aren't particularly popular. It's more plastic bottles and plastic bottles. And yeah, maybe we got a water fountain, but it's like what we fill the mop bucket with or go use the tap in the bathroom. So a little bit different, but that is one thing I do is especially when I'm making my stops because I don't tend to stop a lot on my long drives. I will take my bottles in and fill them up in the gas station. I also use the bathroom in the gas station. You know, sometimes it's nice to wash your hands with soap uh, if you've been in the backcountry for a couple of days uh, or, you know, you've just used the gas pump, et cetera, et cetera. Another cool thing I found is depending where you are, they can sell beer in gas stations, which is amazing. I've actually found some really cool beers by... Like I said, pumping gas, going in to fill up my water bottles and use the bathroom, and then discovering, oh, hey, I've never heard of this. What is this Occulto beer-flavored because it's uh, fermented in tequila staves? That sounds interesting. Uh, another one is I found the beer Cold Smoke in Montana. Freaking amazing. And it happened to be because I went into the gas station to wash my hands, and, hey, whoa, beer on sale. Cool. Again, this is more of a thing in America I'm pretty sure the it's probably not a thing in Canada. I've never seen it in Canada because the liquor laws here are quite archaic. But, you know, just something to be mindful of and aware of. Uh, the fourth one that I like is planning. Um, now, I say this as once upon a time, a planning major and uh, everything was scheduled. This would happen, this would happen, this would happen, this would happen. Uh, and I found that I missed out on a lot of things. Um, not just in road trips but some of the things in life by having a fairly rigid inflexible schedule so when i travel now i have the idea of a plan or sometimes a bit of a plan like i will be here and meet this person at this campground at this time i will be at this rodeo in this place in montana on this day but i don't have it nailed down i'm gonna stop here and get gas i'm gonna stop here and go for a run i'm gonna go and camp here i'm gonna do that I like to leave things a little bit flexible because you never know what attractions are going to come up, what breweries are going to come up, what bookstores are going to come up. Uh, You know, I had had a really cool trip uh, 2017, I guess it was. I was trying to make the inaugural book reading of a woman whose book I actually donated to the Kickstarter for. To get it published, and I ended up leaving. uh, Ended up missing the book reading by an hour. I got there literally as they were closing the store and going out. But I did end up at the after party at a casino, which was an adventure in and of itself. Um, Again, I was I rushed everything to try and get there in time. I missed it, but there also was that flexibility of you know I wasn't in a pressing hurry to get anywhere after that. So had the opportunity to hang out for a little bit, meet some new people, have a lot of fun. Uh, Another thing was actually in Missoula on a different trip, I was trying to find natural grocers because it is it and natural grocers and Trader Joe's are my two favorite grocery stores. And I was trying to find them in Missoula. And I didn't, I would run out of data on my travel plan. So I was kind of navigating by what I vaguely remembered and ended up driving down, finding natural grocers, finding a Costco right across the road. And when I went in there to check it out and see what i could find uh also they have really nice bathrooms um and i'm a costco member but it turns out they had the cold smoked beer that i had found in a gas station earlier that day in six packs at costco for a great price it was a total score so you know that having that flexibility i didn't have to be anywhere uh another quick one would be uh in in 2020 uh, 20, it's now, 2020. 2019, I guess, in the fall, I took a road trip, and I didn't really have anywhere I had to be. There was the idea of hiking a mountain on a specific day that ended up not happening, but just having that flexibility to be able to travel with the weather or say, oh, hey, it's getting, what is this, 75 degrees in the Sierra in November? sure i can stay for a few days because i wasn't trying to rush back i wasn't trying to fit everything in i didn't have everything scheduled out so that's something that's worked for me now i know not everybody has the flexibility in their schedules or you know you're working with a block of vacation where you need to be back on this day but you know if you're not at the i have to be here or i have to be back by here there's a lot of cool stuff that can come up Uh, the fifth one would be stopping for neat things kind of tying into the idea of the flexible travel but there's there's stuff that i've driven by where you know i've i've driven the same roads here in bc oh my god like 30 times 40 times um and never stopped at things probably could one day but it's just not on my radar too however if i'm traveling somewhere like oh hey that sounds neat fossil beds what are those let's go take a look hey check out the cool art on i-84 grandfather let's loose the ponies that's pretty cool let's go check it out so I do tend to stop, uh, especially if I'm traveling somewhere that's got a farmer's market and I happen to see a sign, I'll go and check it out. Uh, we got some amazing fruit in Moab one year, just happening to show up on farmer's market day, uh, trying to find a winery. I don't even remember where the heck I was uh, trying to find a winery and just coming across like a roadside fruit stand was awesome. I also really try and support small businesses when I am traveling. Uh, I use grocery stores quite frequently, but I'm also happy to pull over and buy some apples from somebody off the side of the road. Uh, you know, go and see the farmer's market, go and look for the independent coffee shop, the uh, the the used bookstore or the the bookstores in some of the cool places. Um, Back of Beyond and Moab, again, is one I check out every single time. Uh, next one, kind of tying to the flexibility with your plan is to not be super attached to a timeline or a schedule Uh, i've tried to push things a number of times to make it to the place we'd rented through a blizzard through challenging road conditions and yeah there's benefit to that but i'm also kind of at a point now where like okay yep yep uh, we'll get there when we get there it's better to get there alive than not get there at all Big, big, big one right now is carry some emergency supplies with you. Granted, this comes from me and I do a lot of driving in remote areas where you could be on your own if something happens to your vehicle for an unknown amount of time. Uh, But there are things that I always keep in my car. To some people, there's a random collection of crap in it, Uh, but everything has a purpose. So, you know, I've got extra blankets in the car. I've got a little thingy that folds into a pillow in the car. I keep a toque or beanie for some people, and uh, it's a wool beanie, um, wool gloves, pair of wool socks in the back of the car with my first aid kit. I've got a little tiny uh, homemade alcohol stove and a thing of alcohol if I need to use it and, or if I don't have my other camp stove with me. That's also a heat source. I keep a pack of wet, pipe, wet wipes with me, and I also have a washcloth and one of those little tiny spray bottles uh, full of water. I found that to be invaluable for spraying it and then wiping my face down in the morning if I'm car camping in the middle of nowhere, um, whether just to, to wash my hands off, you know, like I love me some crackers when I am driving and uh, <laughs> totally great for you. Wheat Thins ones that have, you know, like sun dried tomato little things. So your hands get all sticky and weird, but that's great to just clean them off. The thing that I make sure is I have a USB charger, got my phone charger, charges for any of the electronics, and then I actually bought a little inverter deal, which will let me power up my laptop from the uh, from the cigarette lighter adapter. Some more emergency stuff I have is a paper map. Uh, I have a couple, or I have a little tiny Swiss Army style knife that lives in my car. I have on my keychain as well. I've got a couple of extra bottles of water or a full uh, gallon jug that live in my car permanently. So I always have some water. I've got a little bit of uh, 5W30 oil. My car takes 530. Uh, Just some of the things like that, you know, what would you need if you were to get stuck on the side of the Coquihalla for six hours in a snowstorm because something happened? Could I stay warm? Um, You know, is there extra stuff? I always keep a rain jacket in the car. I'm on the wet coast, so that's, again, its own thing. And I've got some snacks. I've got a little jar of nuts. I've got a few granola bars. Um, that's what stays in my car permanently. And then I've also always got something with me in my backpack or travel bag or, or what have you. Or I have a crapload of stuff with me because I'm taking a trip. I'm totally forgetting what number we're at now, but uh, another thing that I do on long drives is I try and eat healthy. Um, I know this can be a challenging one for people, um, and there's also the idea like, hey, it's a road trip, it's vacation, like we're going to totally hit up the In-N-Out Burger because we don't have it where we live, and we're going to go and stop at this place because we always stop and get a sandwich here when we're traveling, and that's fine. That's one way to do it. It's great. You have the opportunity to treat yourself, you know, maybe go to a coffee shop and buy one of those coffee Slurpee McDeals um, that are pretty popular. Uh, you know, maybe you stop and get the local kombucha or something. Um, for me, I like to stop at grocery stores because I can grab a bunch of fruit. I can grab vegetables. You know, I can be snacking on carrots and apples and bananas. Um, I can get hummus and, and chop things up. So that's just my way of doing it. And I found that it's a little bit cheaper to hit up the grocery store and buy snacks or buy things to to make Um, food staples with as opposed to grabbing fast food. But it's just to each their own. Uh, Who the gas tank? I forgot this at the gas station one, but I like to keep my gas tank at least a quarter full. If not more, if that's possible. Uh, I also do a lot of driving when you're driving along, passing the signs and say, hey, next gas station, one hundred and seven miles or next fuel option. One hundred and fourteen kilometers. So um, and especially with with driving up to the Yukon, when I moved there, I actually carried a five gallon jerry can of gas uh, strapped to the roof of the car because I didn't know what the fuel situation might be. There's a lot of very small towns, which are the only option you have between multiple hours sometimes of driving without cell servers. So just to have that awareness, um, that's me like to keep my keep my gas tank with some gas in it. Uh, also check the tires, check the engine. There are some great resources for a pre-tripping inspection that you can do before a long drive, because it's so much fun when you get a flat tire in the middle of the Black Rock desert and you're trying to fix it by yourself in November with no one else out there. Uh, you know, there's, there's no great time for any of these things to happen, but if you, if it does happen, um, at least you have, you have some awareness of what's going on out there. Uh, where do they go here? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, take the road less traveled. I highly recommend this if you're not in a pressing hurry to get somewhere on your long drive, is to take the scenic route or take a route you haven't been before. You know, uh, a lot of people, if you're driving to America, like you're taking the interstate. It is a fast and efficient way to get there. Some of them have scenic parts. Some of them are not the most exciting drives we've ever been on in our lives, but they are efficient. And sometimes not so busy i found that i i use a mix of the interstates to to make time quickly as well as hopping onto some of the smaller roads and i found a lot of really cool things on the blue the black the red highways off of paper maps that i wouldn't have come across had i stuck with the interstate i've been on some beautiful places beautiful roads through washington through oregon through pretty much all of the western states Just by taking the one, hey, I'm not sure where this goes, but mm, let's go check it out and and sing. I'm also fortunate to have friends that live in places where you need to take the scenic drive to get there. So that's a, a great benefit. But, you know, if you don't have to take it, there are a ton of cool things. You go through some small towns, you know, stopping to get gas in a town of 500 people. That helps that town keep going more so than stopping at the Conoco or at the Petrocan when there's one of, I don't know, I'll estimate 400 gas stations in Vancouver. I don't know, probably more, probably less. I don't know. It's a number, but, you know, you get my point. I've also seen some really cool things on the interstate. There's a gigantic cow on the side of the road in the middle of Idaho when you're driving along. Not everybody believes me, but believe me, there's a cow. It's a giant plastic cow. It's, I forget, something, something bulls, but it's really cool. You should check it out. Another thing I do is when I have time, I love to stop at visitor centers. They usually have a really nice bathroom, usually have a water fountain, and they usually have people that know about the local area or even the region, and you can find some cool things out. You might hear of places you've never heard of before. You might end up checking out some attractions you have never have done before. Um, I wasn't able to on this past long trip I did in uh, the fall of 2019, but I heard about some great places that I will be going back to check out in southwestern Colorado, uh, sort of eastern-ish Utah Four Corners area that sounded fantastic. Uh, I didn't have the time to go in and see them then, but I didn't know about them until I stopped to use a bathroom, uh, use some Wi-Fi, <laughs> get <it. laughs> Uh, get some water from my bottles and just make myself a uh, French press coffee on my camping stove in the parking lot. Uh, That was great to find out, hey, I'm going to go back and check out this place. I'm going to go back and check out this place. Oh, yeah, I'm not really interested in going to this place because there's a gigantic festival on this weekend. Yeah, no, thanks. I'll go where it's quiet. Um, So, you know, you never know. You may find some cool stuff. You may find a gift for your niece or nephew. Uh, you may find a partner randomly going through. You never know what's happening. Uh, the next one tied to taking the road less traveled would be to, um, that you never know when you're going to be back there. Um, and this is one where there are some things that I would love to go back and see now, and I'm not sure that whether I'll be back there to see them. Um, so you know, I've, I've kind of started started adopting that of a hey, I don't know for sure the next time I'll be here, so I might as well stop and see. If it's horrible, well, I can leave pretty quickly. Whether that's been some trails, whether that's been a campsite, whether that's been uh, you know just walking down to a river, river to appreciate it. Something I did. Uh, another tip on a long drive, uh, this is one that was told to me by a acquaintance who uh, was really big into back road 4x4ing four and off-roading. And uh, there was an emergency kit that this person had, and you know it involved um, pantyhose because you can use them as belts and things like that if stuff breaks. But I'd never considered this before, but there was a bottle of whiskey and uh, a couple packs of cigarettes were in the emergency kit. I was kind of like, huh, that's weird. But then I realized, you know, depending on where you are, when something breaks down or when something happens to your vehicle or you get stuck or you need a hand, you, you don't know whether, you know, is AAA going to come and tell me? Will BCAA tell me is roadside assistance available here? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes no. And, you know, to have something like that, if you do need to get a winch, if you do need to get pulled or get a tow, those are things that can be a really valuable currency as a way of saying thank you to someone is like, hey, well, hey, have the last have this bottle of whiskey that's just in here. Um, again, if it doesn't resonate with you, don't by any means do it. But, you know, it's it's something I hadn't considered, but it has become part of in certain situations, I will have that bottle of whiskey uh where do we go here uh, oh kaboom this one is really exciting uh don't know how many people do long trips in a vehicle anymore with coworkers or colleagues uh it may be more geared to a uh, outdoor recreation outdoor ed uh wildernessy type jobs that i've had or firefighting um, things like that uh, but you may be on long drives perhaps with someone you don't know so well and it is a great way to get to know somebody my One of the years that I worked out of the Rockies, I was driving back. It was a 12-hour drive with a co-worker I did not know particularly well. And it was great because we had 12 hours in the car. We got to know each other very well by the end of that drive. Uh, we're quite good friends now. And it was a great opportunity to really get to know a co-worker or colleague on a different level. We can often have those really superficial I think, boring relationships uh, with with people we work with. I think some of the things I've done where I didn't really know anything about someone beyond their name and good morning and you have a kid that's great. Um, you know, whereas I know some people very, very well because we've done 12 hour drives or, you know, we've had to go on or f- visits to the field together. So you get a little bit more in-depth conversation as someone who values depth of conversation, much more than superficiality, uh, it was really cool for me. I also know of at least one set of friends who actually have a relationship that, uh, came out of doing a long drive together for positions they used to work. So, you know, you never know what might happen where and heck, why not, you know, uh, trying to wonder here if there's anything else that you do listeners out there for tips for long drives you know because if you're doing a long drive whether you're moving somewhere or whether you're going on a vacation or a cool climbing trip or going to visit friends driving to a wedding eight hours away in santa fe uh there's there's stuff you know we we start at home if it's a road trip or vacation we're going to end at home if we're moving somewhere maybe not but if you start at home and your final destination is home. Why would you bother going if you're not going to actually experience anything? And that's a great question I heard in the context of law of attraction, but it got me to just thinking about, oh yeah, if I'm taking this trip, I'm going to start here and at some point I'm going to be back here. Why don't I try to make the most of it? See the things I might not get to see again. Stop and stop and visit and explore and experience these different places. You know it's it's one thing to to drive through them and be totally disconnected you know i know plenty of people who could drive a truck and you can hop in your truck in fort mcmurray alberta load it up with whatever and spend the next six months basically not leaving the cab of your truck except to get gas and food and take a shower well that sounds great but you know you're seeing it you're not participating or experiencing anything it's not something that would work for me but it's something however when you're taking that long trip for yourself, or if you're going to drive down to Utah and do a running race, or you know, fly up to the West Coast, rent a car and hike the West Coast Trail, go and camp around Vancouver Island, go up to the Yukon and experience the Northern Lights. There's a lot of cool stuff that you could check out, and it's there. You can stop and get out. You can smell the air. It smells different here on the wet coast versus what it's like in the Sonoran Desert versus what it's like in Bend, Oregon, versus what it's like in Wyoming. You can feel the environment. You can, you can see the differences of everything. You know, you can drive through Arizona, and okay, sure, you visually see however many climatic zones—I don't remember off the top of my head—you drive through. But if you stop and get out of them, you can, you can see. Wow, this is the mesquite. Wow, that's really cool. This is creosote. Hey, that's really cool. This is open desert. Wow, there's nothing out here. That's great. This is a Goldwater bombing range. Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of a lot of variety out there. Anyways, I hope you have appreciated this. These are some ideas for tips and tricks of things you can do on your long drive, things to consider. I know I am very, 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 very excited to take a long drive, to get out camping, to go and hit the desert, to go and climb some mountains, to go, yeah, I want to go back to Tahoe. So a lot of cool things that could happen up there. I'm pumped for it. I hope everyone is pumped to take a long drive somewhere, to get out and explore, to travel, to see the world. All right. Thanks again for joining me, friends. This was a fun episode to record. As always, if you enjoyed this, if it resonated, if you learned something, please share it with your friends, tag it on all the social media things, pass it along. Pretty excited to report that uh, as of the recording of this one and the publishing of it, a whole bunch more podcast hosts uh, are hosting Wisdom of the Wilderness now. Google Play and Spotify and a whole bunch of other things are out there. So please enjoy, please share. And as always, I hope you have a wonderful day, night, afternoon. You get outside somewhere in nature for a little break, and you are all happy and healthy. Take care, friends.